What is good, sports world? Welcome to the Family Feud Football Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Dell, the mad journalist, sitting here with my co-host slash father, a.k.a. the godfather, Mr. Alan Dell, former Tampa Bay Bucks beat writer. We're here in sunny southwest Florida, ready to talk some football with you today and really wanted to focus on the main topic of each week of our NFL podcast is what did we learn and what does it mean? taking some bits and pieces from the previous week of the NFL weekend and looking forward to the next week, which in this case is week five of the NFL season. Mr. Allendale, how you doing today? The folks in Tampa brightened up our day. Maybe the biggest upset of the day on Sunday, uh, 55 to 40 over the Rams. And what we learned basically is we don't know anything. Eight unbeaten teams went in the last weekend and there's only three left. And what it did, it exposed a lot of pretenders. Buffalo's a pretender. Green Bay is a pretender. Dallas is good, but not great. And who knows about the Rams? Yeah, I was going to say the Rams got to be one of those pretenders right now, too. And I, I would have to just disagree in the fact that this is exactly what we expected through four weeks. We're a quarter of the way through the 2019 NFL season, and we came into the season knowing that the Patriots and the Chiefs were the clear-cut best two teams in the league and the best Super Bowl odds to win the Vince Lombardi Trophy this year. And now we're sitting here, and the only two, the only two four and O teams are the Patriots and the Chiefs. Obviously, we still have the 49ers. They're the third undefeated team. They had a bye this past week. They play Monday night against the Cleveland Browns. We'll get into that a little bit later when we talk about our bold predictions of the week. But focusing on the Patriots and Chiefs, and obviously the Patriots, they were your best bet last week, minus seven against the Bills. They, they, they won the game, and Tom Brady continued his streak in Buffalo with the victories, but they didn't cover, and that Buffalo defense – that, that you you say you say Buffalo's overrated. You said you said their defense is overrated. You said Josh Allen was overrated. Well, I'll give you the Josh Allen part. He's not the best passer in the world, but that defense isn't one to be isn't one to be messed with in, in Buffalo. And, and that could be a dangerous wildcard team come playoff time. Could be. You never know what's going to happen. As I said, yeah, I, I lost my shirt with New England. They t- they came and took my car away today. So yeah, hello, please. I'll be walking for a while. I got to win that back this week. Defensive stars shone brightly for New England. None other than cornerback J.C. Jackson, who had two interceptions. All right, so we got a few things to get into here. Like I said, we're taking a few bits and pieces, the things we learned from week four, applying them to week five and the rest of the NFL season here. And some of the things we're going to talk about is who is the most – underrated team in the NFL coming out of this past weekend and going in, going into week five. Who is the most overrated team? What is our best early line bets? Looking at the early lines from Vegas this week. What is each of our bold predictions slash upset alerts of the week? And then one biggest mystery or question that we each have about a specific player, specific coach, or a specific team, followed by one of our stats of the week. So without further ado, Mr. Allen Dell, you covered the Bucks for many years here in sunny southwest Florida for the Bradenton Herald. They are your most underrated team in the NFL, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Are you finally drinking the Bruce Arians and Jameis Winston Kool-Aid? How about love, love, love? Love, 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 Well, it's getting close. I mean, all we've been hearing is bad things about them, and, and really the way Jameis Winston has played, you can't blame him. But what happened in the game against the Rams, really? Bucks got that big 21-point lead, and the Rams kept coming back, coming back. Jameis threw a, a pick six, but he came back, hit Mike Evans for a big pass, and eventually it led to a field goal. So th- there could be something there, and you got to like their defense. Shaq Barrett has is, is played outstanding. Yeah, Todd Bowles has those guys playing well. They're definitely not one of those defenses yeah. that's laying down flat week in and week out. They might not be one of the premier defensive units in the NFL, but they're definitely 
making the plays when they need to. And Shaq Barrett's been a big part of that for sure. And and, and you mentioned, or I mentioned about your bet from last week. One of your bets was against the Bucks, Rams minus nine and a half points at home. And now the Bucks are your favorite underrated team. So are are you flip flopping yeah. that quickly? Are you overreacting to just one game? You're making me look bad, man. Crow. I had Crow all, all Sunday night. I had Crow this morning, and then they towed my car away because I lost the bet. So that's all I got to eat. So yeah, I changed my mind. Well, good thing you didn't bet the mortgage on it. You only bet your car lease. So that's at least we have that going for you. A little bit of optimism for Week Five. My most underrated team. I'm I'm staying in Florida here, man. Uh, it's all about the Minshew mania, the Jacksonville Jaguars. They they they've they've been showing out these last couple of weeks. I, I know that they're only two and two, but they've won their last two games after starting the season zero and two. The Jacksonville Jaguars they had a big road win and what some people thought was a must win game for the Denver Broncos. And you you saw Leonard Fournette just rush all over this quote unquote vaunted Denver defense, but this Denver defense has been getting gashed by the run all season long and dating back to last year. And, and you look at the Jaguars with competent quarterback play. A lot of people are starting to say now that I don't know if they're whispers anymore, but they're it's kind of a general consensus that Nick Foles' job is not guaranteed when he comes back from injury. And Gardner Minshew has him playing well. He's been pushing the ball downfield. They have talented receivers, DJ Shark, Chris Conley, DD Westbrook in the slot. Obviously, Fournette is Fournette in the backfield. He can catch passes. He can run between the tackles. He's got a little burst to his game. We saw more of that this past week. And I think the Jacksonville Jaguars, you look at the AFC South and that almost every single team there is is 2-2 and at the moment. And and I look at them as the favorite because I think they're the most balanced team and they still have a good defense even without Jalen Ramsey if he winds up getting traded out of Jacksonville. And and you, you compare the Jacksonville Jaguars to the Titans, the Colts, the Texans, I think the Colts showed that they're frauds. I, I think that if you're able to get the news about Andrew Luck retiring earlier in the year and you do what I did, I literally bet half my bankroll that was in my online betting account and put it all on under nine and a half wins for the Indianapolis Colts. You told me I was crazy. I told you Brissett's decent at best. And the fact is that the Colts won 10 games last year with Andrew Luck playing in what you could argue is one of his prime seasons in the NFL. And they only won 10 games. And they sure as hell weren't winning 10 games this year, Brissett. Now they're 2-2 two and two with a home loss against the Raiders. I think they're going to lose to the Chiefs on Sunday night. I think that's a safe bet right there. Chiefs favor by about 10 points right now. I don't want to dive too much into this division in particular, but I think you see with the offensive line flaws in Houston, Deshaun Watson scrambling for his life. Marcus Mariota, yeah, he had a really good game against the Falcons this past week, maybe the worst defense in the league. I think the Jacksonville Jaguars had the best combination of quarterback, running back, and defense to get the job done and win this division without Nick Foles, which is something that we would have thought was crazy going into the season if somebody would have told us that. So I really like what the Jacksonville Jaguars are doing, and I like them this upcoming week. They're on the road at Carolina. They're, they're going to be, again, three-and-a-half, four-point underdogs in that game. I think they're going to cover, if not win outright, and improve the three and two. So let's let's transition. Your most underrated team is the Bucks. My most underrated team is the Jags. Let's get out of the state of Florida here. Let's well, talk about one thing about Mitchell. He's go a ahead, go Mike, ahead, yeah, go. Mike Leach product, and anybody that comes out of that, that air raid offense, it's got to be something special, especially if they're not fat, soft, Except for, except for Luke Falk? Well, give him a chance. No! <laughs> okay. We'll see about that one here. Most overrated team. The Baltimore Ravens. Great defense. I got to give it to them. Our good defense. Their quarterback, Lamar Jackson, he, he, he's, he's an average quarterback. I'm sorry that offends people in Baltimore. I would rank him about 20 to 25 as far as his passing goes. And I don't think they're going to have a problem. I think they're – I mean, they were talking Super Bowl and everything after the first two weeks. And look who they beat, though. 
So I, I'd say Baltimore right now is the most overrated team in the NFL. I'm not going to change with that. Well, I think you could say that the Ravens, they did what they were supposed to do in weeks one and two. They beat up on a bad Dolphins team. They beat the Cardinals at home, but th that was a close game. They only won that by six points. They won by less than a touchdown at home to a winless Cardinals team now through four weeks. And you wonder why they couldn't put their foot down on the Cardinals' throats and win that game by a hefty margin. And maybe that was a telling sign going into week three in which, yeah, they put up a few garbage-time touchdowns, and, and the final score maybe was a little bit deceiving, only losing by five points against the Chiefs. But then getting handled at home against the Cleveland Browns in a big division game, and, and I, I think you might be and I, I think you might be right, and you might be onto something there. I definitely agree with you on Lamar Jackson's passing, but I, I don't think it's I, I don't think it's uh, I don't think it's the right time to call the Ravens a bust or the most overrated team in the NFL just yet. I think they're a good team. They've got a lot of injuries on the defensive side too, um, but they need to get things figured out because if they don't win this division, they're going to have a hard time making the playoffs. There's a lot of good competitive teams in the AFC right now. So I'll give you that, the, the Baltimore Ravens. My most overrated team, you talked about it briefly with the Buccaneers, is the Los Angeles Rams. And I think the Los Angeles Rams, they've been the most overrated team. And, and it's I know it's hard to say that about a team that just made the Super Bowl, but I think the Rams have been the most overrated team in the NFL for almost a year. And this is dating back to 2018 when they started off the season hot and they were looking like the, the next great the next great football team was Sean McVay, the genius of the NFL. And there was a specific time when Todd Gurley got hurt and his knee started bothering him. And then the play action passing stopped working for Jared Goff. And then defenses started adjusting and forcing him to beat them. And I think you saw the amount of points they scored in the playoffs. They, 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 they snuck out a, a, a very tight win at New Orleans, the controversial call. We all know what happened there. And then they scored three points in the Super Bowl. And, and this this is not a vaunted offense anymore that we're looking at with the Los Angeles Rams. And you look at who they beat this year. You know, they beat a Saints team that had just lost Drew Brees and had no time to adjust. They beat the Panthers by three points against an injured and hobbled Cam Newton. And then you look beating the Browns when the Brand Browns were still trying to figure things out. They won that game by a touchdown. So I'm not saying this is a bad Rams team. I'm, I'm not saying this isn't a playoff team. But I think compared to where people are putting them and their expectations – they're the most overrated team according to expectation in the NFL right now. So my most overrated team, the Los Angeles Rams. Your most overrated team, the Baltimore Ravens. Rams, big game on Thursday Night Football at the Seattle Seahawks. The Ravens this week, who are they going to be playing against? Um, Ravens and Steelers. That was a big game that we're looking at in terms of division battles. So it's going to be a, it's going to be a good test. Can the Ravens get back on track and get it get get above 500 yeah can the Steelers get back back on track I mean they beat the Bengals but they got to keep it going I, I kind of liked what their defense did with our most overrated teams in the NFL they're both going on the road in division battles this weekend so can the Rams come out with a win at Seattle can the Ravens come out with a win at Pittsburgh I think that'll go a long way to seeing whether these teams might be for real or not in terms yeah. of being playoff contenders yeah the Rams might have been looking ahead but still the, you got to give the Bucks credit the way they came out and how fast, and they finished. They finished this. I mean, I'm giving up 40 points isn't a lot. They've given up a lot of points this year. But so maybe there's question marks about the defense. But they're going to play a Carolina, uh, excuse me, a Saints team that doesn't have Drew Brees. So you you covered then just to touch on that real quick before we move on to the next topic is you covered the Bucks for many years, and you know how much of you know how much the game of football. You covered college football. You covered high school. I have as well and how much football is a mental game. And you talk about the Rams looking ahead. 
combining that with the fact that the Buccaneers dedicated this game to the passing of Jason Light's father, who died suddenly the day before. So you have the extra motivation on one side and low expectation with a high expectation and looking ahead and the lack of motivational edge. And sometimes combining those two things can lead to what we just saw. So is it sustainable? Is it sustainable for the Bucks to keep playing well? Is it sustainable for the Rams to keep falling off is, is my question there. Well, Jared Goff has to be disturbing. Also, they're not running the – so far, the Rams are not running the ball like they did last year. Gur, Todd Gurley, they, they seem to be wanting to protect him, and I don't know if that's going to work out for an entire season. Yeah, I, I just – you got to wonder at some point. I know Gurley's getting all the carries. Yeah, he's scoring the touchdowns. It looks good when any NFL player crosses the end zone cro – crosses the goal line and scores a touchdown, right? That doesn't mean that he's playing well. If you look at his yards per carry, you look at all of his statistics this year compared to last year, this is not the same Todd Gurley. I know he's a smart player. I know he's good in pass protection. He can run routes well, probably better than most NFL backs. But if you put a guy like Malcolm Brown in there, you put a guy like Daryl Henderson in there, guys with healthy knees that have a lot of explosiveness and burst, I think the Rams are afraid to swallow the money that they paid to Todd Gurley. And if they actually gave some of these younger running backs a chance, I, I think they'd be in a lot of public heat because of the media would be on them for what are you going to do with Gurley? Are you going to cut him? And, and that, that would be a big deal, especially for the whole running back dilemma of getting paid and not getting paid in the NFL right now. Yeah, I, I don't know how much of that money is guaranteed, and that's the only thing that counts. But the longer he's on the team, the, the longer he's getting paid part of that contract, yeah, which is yeah. my point. At what point do they decide to well, pull the plug? Well, the money they gave uh, Jared Goff, too. I think that's different because Jared Goff is healthy. Are they, are they really going to go away from their franchise quarterback with the quarterback whisper of Sean McVay? I think it's easier to say, hey, we got a running back with, with arthritis in his knees. Let, let's move on. And, and I think that's, that's going to be a huge deal in the media when that happens. Will it happen this year, or will they continue to shift the blame to other places? I, I, just, I just don't know right now, but it's definitely a storyline to watch. Um, we talked about a couple of our bets from last week. I don't think either of us did as well as we wanted to. I know I had a few teaser bets and parlays with the Indianapolis frickin' Colts involved. Lost all of those because the Colts simply couldn't win a pick em at home against the freaking Oakland Raiders. So, in my opinion, yeah, you know what? It, it, it helps because I hedged it with my under nine and a half Colts season win total bet. But nonetheless, we're getting back on track this week. To me, I look at the lines as soon as they come out Sunday evening, right before the Sunday night football game. And my favorite bet of the week, looking at all the early lines from Sunday night till now, which I still think is my favorite bet, is the Patriots. How do you pay, Minus man? 15 uh. at Washington. I know it's a big line, but you see how bad Washington is? You see how good New England is? Let's just keep things simple. Bet the Patriots they're going to win by like three-plus touchdowns in this game. And I think they're going to they're gonna be motivated because they didn't like the way they played offensively there you go. against Buffalo. And so. the defense, like you talked about it, whether it's Case Keenum, who's been getting torn up with interceptions the last couple games, whether it's Colt McCoy coming in for his first action of the season, or if Dwayne Haskins gets the start, this line's going to wind up moving to about minus 21. So if you can jump in on this now, Patriots minus 14, minus 15. If you can combine this with another bet you like and tease it to Patriots minus 7 or minus 8, I think you got yourselves one hell of a bet there. I wasn't willing to bet the Patriots minus 7 at Buffalo because I don't like betting big spreads in division games. I don't like betting division games that much, period, in the NFL. But that's my favorite bet. Mr. Allendale, you have a favorite bet involving America's hero, Daniel Jones. Yeah, I do. And by the way, it's just incredible what's happening uh, in New York. It, it's it's just, uh, I don't know what you can say. 
It's a dream come true for New Yorkers. It, it's a fascination. They become America's team. I'm sorry, Jerry. Jones. Well, la- last week, man, may I quote you? You said it is quote unquote un-American to bet against Daniel Jones. I think so, Danny Dimes, as they call him. <laughs> okay, so what do you got? Say your favorite early well, Giants, line bet. The Giants are home against the Vikings. Getting five and a half, Getting plus five, five and, and a half. half. I mean, that, that's a perfect bet. You have to bet that. It's real simple. Well, the, you don't think the Vikings are going to be motivated getting shut out 16 to nothing at Chicago well, I, I this past week? I think the Vikings have some serious problems. I think Kirk Cousins got some, has some serious problems. He's, he had to apologize to Adam Thielen for some of his <laughs> throws. That's bad when a quarterback has to do that, especially publicly. Well, it's Stephon Diggs and Thielen have both been a little mad because – People have called this duo of Thielen and Diggs the best receiver duo for a bigger part of the last five years almost. And now they're getting almost zero production from those two players after the big offensive line, uh, offensive coordinator move from Stefanski last season. I liked this line when I saw it, but I'm a little, I'm a little scared to, to pick a Giants team that really doesn't have a signature win on the season. I, I know they, they had the comeback win at the Bucks, but you know what? I, I'm, 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 I'm going to lean towards the Giants in this one, and I might wind up liking this bet as the week moves on as well. Let's just piggyback on that. Bold prediction, upset alert of the week. Not necessarily something we're betting on, but something we're watching about an upset or underdog that can win outright. You said that you have going back to the Bucks, man. You're, you're doubling down on the Buccaneers over the Saints. That's your biggest upset of the yeah, week. I, huh? I like upset I think, watch. I think that's going to happen. I mean, you got, again, Teddy Bridgewater, no offense, fine young man, good quarterback. But he's not Drew Brees. I, the only thing you got to worry about the Bucks if they start reading too much about themselves. I've seen this happen. They go on a the road, they get a big win, and then they get full of themselves, and and boom, they lose. So that that's the biggest worry you have. To but you you you, t- you tell me why it's not going to happen because the Buccaneers are your most underrated team, and they're your favorite upset pick of the week. So yeah, so you're saying. What's going to happen? But it sounds to me like you already you already well, know what's going to happen. Well, you just got to be careful about that. You're getting full of themselves. You well, know? You're going to put your money where your mouth is this week and put I'll, some money I'll, on I'll, that I'll game. I'll go with the Bucks. I, I think there's something going on there. It's, it's too early to tell, but there's just something going on with that team. right? And really, it's the defense. Even though they've given up a lot of points, it's how they've given them up in the turnovers. They're on a turnover run, and when turnovers happen, they, that changes the whole game. I've lost – Two weeks in a row now betting the Saints. I thought they were going to lose to Seattle two weeks ago. They wound up destroying the Seahawks on the road. I thought they were going to lose to the Cowboys Monday night. So so me, me and Sean Payton, we got a little bit of a problem here. He's costing me a few bucks. So I, I just don't want to touch this game. I'm going to be rooting for the Bucks to win just as the underdog pulling out in, in, in this game. And I, I think you got to look at the weapons on offense. And if Ronald Jones keeps getting more run in the backfield – Second-year guy at a USC, he, he's really shown some flashes this season just in the last couple of games. You mentioned that he had a couple couple big gains called back by penalties, yeah. not just this past week, but a couple games already this season. You add that to the fact that Chris Godwin might be the best second-year receiver in the league, playing out of the slot, add him to the deep threat of Mike Evans. Jameis Winston's got some real weapons to work with now, especially with some competent coaches and play callers. This Bucks team, like you said, might be might have a chance to win this division. Maybe. Let's not get, get ahead of ourselves. Okay, so let, let's, you know, let's see if you keep Bridge, drinking the Kool-Aid Teddy next Teddy week. Bridgewater has been unspectacular, to say the least, but he's done the job so far. Game manager. Yeah. Hashtag game manager. That's what Teddy Bridgewater is, man. I mean, it, it's you, you got you to give it to Sean Payton and the guys for holding the fort down without Drew Brees. And I know they, they, got, they got blown out in the game that Drew Brees actually left 
uh, losing to the Rams, but you know, obviously winning back-to-back games after that. I think just most people said, hey, if we can, if if the Saints can stay 500 in the games Drew Brees is out this year, they're going to come out happy. I think they're they're already on pace, obviously, to do a lot better than 500 in the games that Brees miss. Yeah. So, anyways, that that's um that's kind of leading to here our, our our biggest mystery, our our biggest question heading into the week, and I think that we have two different games that we might have briefly touched on earlier. And yours is going back to your most overrated team, the Ravens, at the Steelers. But but now you're talking about the Steelers side of things. What's your what's your biggest question heading into Week Five? Does it on that particular game? Yeah, you said can the Steelers bounce back? Well, that's a big. Can they come right. back two games in a row? That that that's a big one. Uh, you know, they were at home. They played well. Their defense was outstanding. But it was against the Bungles. So in uh, in the Red Rifle, who doesn't have any bullets left. Uh, so you just don't know He's what's going to happen. He's been out of bullets for a long, long time. Uh, so th- th- that's a question mark. Uh, I know you said you liked the Dallas game. Talking about Dallas, what's wrong with Ezekiel Elliott? I mean, last week he had 26 yards on 11 carries in the first half, and he finished with 35 yards on 18 carries. What's wrong with oh, him? You're, you're stealing my thunder there first because oh, my, my biggest question of the week is involving the Packers-Cowboys game. And, and to answer your question is that the Saints have had one of the top rush defenses in the NFL over the last two seasons, yeah. and they've continued that into this year. And Alvin Kamara didn't have too much of a game either on the ground. Uh, the Cowboys' rush defense is pretty stout as well. So I, I, I don't think you can look he, – here's – okay, we're going to combine this because we have our biggest question of the week followed by our biggest stat of the week. And, I, and I'd like for our stats to, to intersect with what our biggest question is so we can kind of put some context behind this. But – I want to talk about, and in terms of people who we thought were the biggest busts of the week, to me it's not a player, it's not a head coach. For me it's Kellen Moore, Cowboys offense coordinator. This guy's been getting praised to the mountaintops and back about, oh, this could be the next youngest great mind in the NFL, new head coach next season, blah, 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 blah. Kellen Moore and that Cowboys offense was as vanilla as humanly possible in Monday Night Football in a primetime spot against the New Orleans Saints, against a team that wasn't going to press the ball and throw it deep against the most game manager of game managers out there in Teddy Bridgewater. I want to give you my stats. This is from Pro Football Focus, okay, that the Cowboys on Monday night used play action on just seven of their 35 dropbacks. Play action has been a staple of their offense so far through three games going into that Monday night football contest. They were running play action on 39%, almost twice the amount of plays as they did against New Orleans. So you're telling me that they couldn't run play action with the threat of Zeke in the backfield to push the ball downfield? People say you have to open up the pass with the run. Sometimes you got to open up the run with the pass. And it didn't seem like, what, what was Kellen Moore doing? Did, did he crumble underneath the Monday Night Football lights and, and, and the fact that the Cowboys can only score 10 points? You know, the strangest stat, just totally amazing. In third quarters this year, He's 28 for 28 for 457 yards and three touchdowns. What happens the rest of the game? But he's uh, maybe they make a great adjustment. He, he, but, but, look, I mean, I, I don't know if you're using that as a criticism or a compliment because no, he's just, had a pretty damn good year. Yeah, I, just, I mean, he, he didn't put up flashy numbers on Monday night, don't get me wrong, but he still threw for over 200 yards. Still, uh, Zeke got the touchdown, but – they were not pressing the ball downfield. I know not having their second receiver, Michael Gallup, definitely hurts, but everyone's got injuries at this time of the year. We're, we're a quarter of the way through the season now. You can't use excuses like that to not have a competent offense. And just to finish the status, like I said, the Cowboys have the second highest play action rate through weeks one through three. And this is their first game of having play action under 30% this season. And in this game against the Saints, 
Dak Prescott was six for seven for 65 yards on play action plays. Then why didn't they run more of that to press to press the ball downfield? Were they content of just grinding it out in a low scoring game against the Saints? Total mistake. I th- I think rookie coordinator mistake by Kellen Moore. Yeah. And, and and I'm I'm a little concerned about. Is this guy gotten too much? Has this guy gotten too much hype through four through four weeks of the season so far? Nine years old, but that's another story. Yeah, the 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 baby face he's got on the side. He's got got to grow a little mustache or a goatee or something out there. Dysfunctional head coach, and then you got a young uh, offense coordinator. Maybe he doesn't know. Isn't that polished? All right. So final thoughts. Wrapping up. We talked about week four. What did we learn? What does it mean? talked about a lot of things looking forward to week five we talked about our most underrated teams our most overrated teams a few best early line bets a few bold predictions our biggest questions and our biggest stats what are your final thoughts mr allen they'll wrap it up here well like i said it's total chaos heroes are, are breaking out all over the place and even some veterans are starting to look good and russell wilson he's having a great year my bold prediction of the week and my upset alert is the Browns over the 49ers Monday Night Football. We have three undefeated teams in the NFL. We're going to have two next week. We're going to have the Patriots and Chiefs both 5 and 0. The Browns are going to go on the road. They're going to win on Monday Night Football. They're going to go above 500. They're going to give the Niners their first loss of the season. Look for a big game from Nick Chubb. Look for Odell Beckham to have a big game after only having two catches this past week against the Ravens. I think the Browns are a lot more for real than what we think. We wanted to buy into the week one narrative of them getting blown out at home by Tennessee, of them being overhyped and overrated. I think they're still a pretty good team. Uh, I, I think, to me, Freddie Kitchens and Baker Mayfield, they're, they're maybe the, the retribution guys of the week. They got ripped in the press, media, everything, and they, they you know, they, they turned it around. And Nick Chubb's a big part of that. And if they can lean oh, on him as one of the best running backs in the Baker, NFL, yeah. it's going to help a lot. And especially with the short area throws, his average depth of target was so much lower this week compared to previous weeks, which means – you're not just sending three receivers downfield on vertical routes all game. You got Jarvis Landry now cutting across a short part of the field. They got the tight end involved, Ricky Seals Jones, the backup tight end, and Ajoku, and and Chubb doing his thing in the passing game, and also with the wide zone schemes and the run. So, I think they're starting to figure it out. I don't think the 49ers defense, while it's good, I don't think it's necessarily an elite defense. I think the Browns can can, can get some things going for themselves on Monday night. I think it's going to be a battle. But I like the Browns to cover and win that game outright. That's my upset of the week. So we're going to wrap it up here, Mr. Allendale. How do you want to leave the audience? Yeah, I just say enjoy the chaos. Enjoy the chaos. And America's new new team, the New York Giants, enjoy what you got. Danny Dimes, he's coming around. You heard it here first, folks, the Family Feud Football Podcast. Again, I'm your host, Chris Dell, the mad journalist. He is Allen Dell, the godfather, former Tampa Bay Bucks. Why, why do we call you the Godfather, by the way? Can you can you enlighten the crowd? Okay, I can't tell you about my mafia connections. I'm sorry. You got you got the Sicily connects, or I can't do that. Well, your favorite movie is The Godfather, right? And my family is goes way back to Sicily. So. All right, we'll, we'll, we'll see if the Godfather is going to bust out his wall and, and, and back Bruce Arians again this week. But we appreciate you tuning in. We'll be back later this week with our Family Feud football best bets and quick picks episode highlighting our best bets of the week against the spread maybe a few over under bets a few spread bets maybe a few teaser and parlay specials as well we'll see you next time peace out
Yep, you are. I'm just fine, ma'am. Now pronounce your last name. Britain, Britain, Britain. 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 Just like the country. Yeah, with two T's. <laughs> Britain with two T's. Miss Irma, I love you already. I loved you a long time, Steve. Yeah, Steve Harvey. This the family feuding. Baby mama drama. Got the family losing. Smoking back. Out the front door fuming. I was just a student. Now you look like fooling. Hunger got me moving. Starving artists too. I'm just being human. I'm a human being. I might start a movement. Like the Carter too. When my bitch catch me cheating. We go shop for shoes. I'm getting even. I'm getting even more than that. More than that. Yeah. Switch pie, I want more than half. Yeah. You say I want more than that. Hot and ready like you ordered that. By the time you try to leave a nigga, I was already done being with you. Me ain't gotta fight a nigga, pay me that store, I'm agreeing with you. Pack up, take a demons with you. Make sure. Make sure I'm done dealing with you. Steve Harvey, bitch, the family feuding. Baby mama drama, got the family losing. Smoking backwards. Out the front door fuming. I was just a student. Now you look like food. Hunger got me moving. I was starving too. I never bothered, but I could have been a Harvard student. I was hardly stupid, but I was young and foolish.